Welcome to All Write in Sin City, a podcast about writers and writing in the Windsor, Detroit region. Your podcasters today are Irene Moore Davis, author, educator, and local historian, Sarah Jarvis, former bookseller, publishing rep, and literary festival chair, and me, Kim Conklin, Windsor based writer and filmmaker. We have a lot of great shows coming up for 2024, and before we get started talking about a new list of exciting titles, we thought we'd take a moment to stop and reflect, as people do this time of year. So today, we're doing a special minisode, a special year-end look back at our 2023 season. Irene, what do you got? Well, 2023 was our fourth year of podcasting, and we have some terrific news to share. Overall, we were streamed in 21 countries, primarily in Canada and the U.S., as you might expect, but other notable countries included Germany and Spain. Our top episodes for the 2023 year were The Razor's Edge with Carl Jurgens featuring Matt St. Amand, Psych Murders with Stephanie Haidt, Raising Bean with W.S. Penn, Pauline Holdstock's Confessions with Keith, and River Diverted with Jamie Tennant featuring C.M. Forrest. We also have a new audience growing on Spotify, where 85% of our audience discovered us in 2023. Our listeners there grew 75%, our streams grew by 35%, and our followers grew by 43%. River Diverted by Jamie Tennant with author C.M. Forrest was the top episode on Spotify. And just to take a look even further back, our top episodes for all time are our very first episode from Frost to Spring, Ellie Blake and Juniper Books, Spring Roundup, Running Amok with Kevin Spenced, What the Chickadee Knows with Margaret Noonan, 100 Miles of Baseball with Dale Jacobs and Heidi L.M. Jacobs, and Pineapple Express with Evelyn Long. Those were all so great, weren't they? Today, we're going to look back over the list of shows that we posted in 2023 and talk about the books or authors that we found most surprising or interesting or unique in some way. Let's get started. Irene? Well, The Middle Daughter by the Nigerian-American author Chika Unigwe was released in April 2023 by Zank Books, and that novel really stole my heart this year. The Middle Daughter reimagines the myth of Hades and Persephone, situating that storyline within a Nigerian family. And the story charts the main character's journey to freedom and homecoming. And I have to say that Nani, the protagonist, is just an astonishingly well-written character. So strong and hopeful and determined to assert her identity, despite the frankly hellish things she's going through. Both the novel and Nani will linger in my imagination for a long time. And our interview with Chika Unigwe was something I found quite compelling, too. It really was. So one of our behind the scenes secrets is that although we must agree that we are all interested in recording a certain interview, so we're all on board as we, we uh, accept these interviews, we're volunteers. We do take it in turn to ask the guiding questions. So I find that I love to dig deep on a certain book and that also draws me in a bit more. So choosing a couple of books is like choosing a favorite child. Not that I have any children, but you get the idea. I was blown away by G.A. Grissomthwaite's Tales for Late Night Bonfires. We know him as Gord Grissomthwaite 
and we all loved his first novel, Home Waltz. And I found that the stories and novella in this collection take his narrative gifts to new levels. The rhythm of the language, the insight into contemporary Nkumpuk culture, I hope I have pronounced that fairly right, the hilarious characters all have free rent in my brain, and Gord's Tales has been listed in CBC's Best Canadian Fiction of the Year. What about you, Kim? Well, the biggest surprise of 2023 for me was one of our listeners' favorites, Psych Murders with Stephanie Height. Um, I may have mentioned before that I'm not a big poetry reader, and the subject matter for this book was mental illness and suicidal ideation, which was a little, on the face of it, maybe daunting. Once I got into reading it, though, it was a delightful surprise. Certainly, there were some frank parts about Stephanie's experience, which were handled deftly and with a great deal of humanity and heart. And there were some really audience-pleasing and even funny poems, especially the ones starring Murderer, her personification of her suicidal ideation. Since we talked to her, the book has gone on to win several awards, including the Midwest Book Award Gold Medal for Poetry. You can find out more on her website, stephaniehite.com, and there's a dash between Stephanie and Height, and we'll, we'll post the link in our show notes. One of my favorite books and interviews this year was Black Scientist, Black Activist, Black Icon. We spoke with the amazing George Eliot Clark, who edited and completed the late Dr. Howard McCurdy's autobiography at Dr. McCurdy's request. It was one of his last wishes, to be honest. Most of us know George as one of Canada's most prolific poets, as well as a novelist, librettist, and social commentator. But one of the lesser-known secrets about George is that he spent a portion of his younger adulthood working for Howard McCurdy as a communications director when Howard was a member of Parliament. Through the interview, one can certainly gain a sense of the larger-than-life personalities for which both Howard and George have been known. The book is a great opportunity to learn about the extraordinary life of Howard McCurdy, scientist, professor, activist, politician, and icon, but also to enjoy all of the wit, wisdom, and warmth that emanate from the words he left behind. I really felt when I was reading the book as though I was hearing Howard speak sitting right in front of me. It sounded just like him. And George certainly did a very uh, wonderful job editing the autobiography and a great job presenting it in the interview. What an amazing legacy. So my second choice, also a second outing by an author whose first book I loved and championed at Bookfest Windsor was One Night in Mississippi by Chatham author Craig Shreve. His second novel, The African Samurai, which for some reason is best known to the back of my brain, I keep mistitling The Black Samurai. So if you hear me say that, just correct me. Uh, it's also a banger, as the kids say. The engaging world building of 14th century Japan and the perspective of a reluctant outsider, an African adopted as a child who earns his way into the military elite in Japan was captivating. It's a bit of a swashbuckler as well, which is always fun. This book has been optioned for Netflix and deservedly so. I am just reading The African Samurai now, Sarah, so I am agreeing with you on everything you said. It's a wonderful book. So, But for my third choice, I'm again going to agree with the listeners here, and I also have a tie and a theme. One of the books that touched me the most was Raising Bean by W.S. Penn, 
a collection of essays that this celebrated author wrote to his granddaughter about navigating life in the world using his indigenous family history and Native American storytelling techniques. Again, it tackled some tough subjects and was delightful at the same time. It also tied, for me, with Ordinary Wonder Tales by Emily Urquhart, where she explores a variety of life experiences, some of them challenging, and the mystery and mysticism of life. Emily is a folklorist, and the book is as magical and lyrical as a fairy tale, while still grounded in reality. I guess the theme on this one is the different ways that we can look at the world and at storytelling. I found them both wonderful. Mm -hmm. Those were both really wonderful interviews, too. I didn't really go into this uh, project expecting to pick a work of fiction, a work of nonfiction, and a work of poetry, but that's just the way that it shook out. So my third selection is a poetry collection tend by Kate Hargreaves. Kate is a warm and wonderful human being who we all know around Windsor as a well-respected Windsor-based poet. Her latest poetry collection is tender, visceral, thought-provoking, very beautiful. I did not anticipate that I would love this book of poetry as much as I did. It's rooted in her own recovery from a fairly catastrophic injury, but it's about much more than that. The poems address relationships, gardening, finding some sort of sanctuary amid the busyness of city life, things that break down, things that are mended, decay, restoration, grief, joy, care, and healing. And it's just a really beautiful collection of poetry. And it was a really wonderful interview. It really was, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, Kate has been a strong supporter of, of ours as well. So my third mention goes to one of the extended essays in the Biblioasis nonfiction series, Field Notes. And it is essayist and columnist Stephen Marsh's On Writing and Failure. It's more upbeat than you think, and it's full of esoteric facts about classical, well-known, and more obscure writers who have struggled with their craft. Marsh's voice is wry, but realistic, and essentially tells those of us who attempt to write for ourselves that although we may work on our own, we're definitely not on our own in any of the obstacles that are in our path or that we inadvertently or subconsciously put in front of ourselves, right, when we're writing. And spoiler alert, we'll be talking with the author of another in this series in the new year, Casey Platt. Kim, what have you got for your last pick? Well, like Irene, I didn't go into this project uh, intending to pick a, a book of each genre. It just shook out that way. Um, and also, I read more fiction than any other genre. And while I loved all of the fiction books that I read, the fiction book that I covered for the podcast that stood out the most for me was Arbor Reality by Windsor author Rebecca Campbell. It's a novella composed of linked short stories that grew out of an award-winning short story that forms the centerpiece of the book. It's a newer genre of science fiction, climate fiction, and like some other newer books in that genre, it has a slightly different tone than you might expect. It is about life in a dystopian setting, but it's not necessarily all gloom and doom. There is a sense that life and humanity will go on, and, and it's really kind of wonderful to read. When we recorded the podcast, the book was a finalist for the Philip K. Dick Award, and since then, it won the 2023 Ursula K. Le Guin Prize for Fiction. 
It's an incredible read and deserving of all the accolades and the beautiful imagery, the characters, and the stories of Arbor Reality will stay with me for a long time. It's awesome. Congratulations. Early in 2024, we're looking forward to sharing recent interviews mm. with Elaine Feeney, whose book, How to Build a Boat, was long listed for the Booker Prize, and Catherine LaRue, whose novel, The Future, translated from the French by Susan Oriou, has been long listed for Canada Reads. So we have some fabulous interviews waiting for Sarah to edit, including Casey Plett and Ben Robinson. And we are stoked about some upcoming interviews scheduled, including George Singleton and Miriam Wright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, happy new year, everybody. Yes. Happy new year. And thanks for being with us through this year of podcasting. We certainly hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Happy reading. Thanks for joining us. Look for more episodes of All Right in Sin City wherever you listen to podcasts or check out our website, allrightinsincity.com. For information and announcements of new podcasts, sign up to our email list or follow us on Facebook and Twitter.